There are only three cars left in this derby. Arthur Fonzarelli in car number six against the dreaded Malachi brothers. The unscrupulous Count Malachi and his not-so-evil brother Rocco. The crowd is on edge. There's tension in the air. Okay, creep, we're gonna turn you into junk. Oh, get those Malachis. The flag is up and the derby continues. It's Fonzie against the Malachis. Two against one. All right, in for Fonzie now. The Malachis are stalking the Fonz. Rocco swings around the outside, trying to force Fonzie into position. Fonzie is on the defense. The Malachis are moving around, trying to set him up for the crunch. They're on both sides of him. Get him on the left. Which is my left? My right? Thy right? Oh, my, never mind. Count, count. Here they come. Alas, Sir Fonzie! And Fonzie sideswipes the count. Away, Sir Fonzie, thou dare touches me. Come on, do it for all of us, baby. Now he's chasing Rocco. Good hit. Wow. And that's it for Rocco. That finishes Rocco. One down, one down, come on. It's all over, Myron. I'm done for. Adieu, sweet Rocco, adieu. I will carry the Malachi name to battle. There are only two men left. Arthur Fonzarelli and Count Malachi in a fight to the finish. Now it is thee and me! <laughs> the Count just missed Fonzie. Well done, Sir Fonz! They're moving slowly, stalking each other. Fonzie is stopping. Something's wrong. He must be stalled. Fonzie's trying to start his car... Oh, it looks bad for the Fonz. Now the Count has Fonzie right where he wants him. But he's not making a move. The Count is just circling Fonzie. He's just circling him. What is the Count's strategy? Why doesn't the Count hit him? Oh, I understand. He's prolonging the agony. He's hovering over Fonzie like a vulture. You're through, Sir Fonz. You're through. Count stops. What's he doing? He's tipping his hat in victory. It's all over for the Fonz. No, wait, Fonzie starts his car. Arthur! And he rams the count. It was a trick, ladies and gentlemen. Fonzie wasn't stalled. Great strategy, Fonz. I'm going to loosen your pigeons now, Malachi. He's going to hit him again. Enough, Sir Fonz. The battle's done. The Count's radiator is steaming. That's it. The Count is out of the derby. That wonderful battle? Yeah, it's Just wonderful. Just love it? Just You're love killing it. me, but it's wonderful. Fonzarelli is the winner. The derby's over. Adieu, sweet chariot. Well done, Sir Fonzie. To the victor belongs the spoils. I think I'll make a spoil out of you. Fonz, Fonz, what are you doing? The movie's over. It's not fair. I haven't got my car. Hey, you didn't think about Pinky, did you? 
I give up, I give up! If he's chasing him this way, it's not nice for us, it's not nice for us! Hold thy place. Farewell, sweet prince, farewell! He's trapped the count in the men's room. That's Fonzie's bathroom blitz! Fonzie! Yeah, save it for me, Mr. C. Fonz, how does it feel to be champion? Not now, Cunningham. Where is my lady? Where's Pinky? Uh, she's at Fister Hospital. Fister Hospital, all right. You're great, Fonz. Great, as usual. Let the pigeons loose! everybody and welcome to the Night Fly, April 21st edition, 2020, the year of the virus, COVID-19 edition. <laughs> it would have been better if they called it COVID-20, then we would always remember what year it came out. But nobody will forget 2020. Don't you hate talking about it? Yes. But it's a thing. April 20th, recording on April 20th, Rhoda, Rhoda Juskow's birthday and Adolf Hitler's birthday. Rhoda really ruined Adolf Hitler's birthday for me, let alone, you know, 420. You can never really enjoy 420 because it's my mother's birthday. You know what I'm talking about. I can't really get as high as I'd like because I'm like, geez, I feel bad. I probably need to be sober when I call my mother. And I'm recording this on Monday, April 20th, coming out Tuesday, April 21st. How are you? I hope everybody's holding up well. My name is Dave Juskow, and this is The Light Fly. Man, do you love the Malachi Crunch? That's from the courtesy of the Milwaukee <laughs> the Milwaukee Derby. <laughs> the I don't remember what it's called. The Malachi, the Malachi. Fonzie takes on the Malachis. Isn't that the, just the greatest? With you know, and quite frankly, Richie wasn't a really good commentator. He seemed to really be on Fonzie's side. But of course, those guys did put Pinky Tuscadero in the hospital. So he was fighting for her honor. And, uh, oh, man, is that funny. I mean, if you show that to my niece, I wonder if she would find it interesting at all or be like, this is what you had to sit through when you were a kid? And I'm like, you don't understand. This was like the greatest thing that ever happened. I mean, I was the perfect age when Happy Days came out. That was the Malachi brothers. I, now I just wish I could have played the Malachi brother. I mean, he was wearing that hat. Count Malachi. <laughs> I do, Fonzie. <laughs> I do, Arthur. <laughs> oh, I think I could have done an excellent job. But uh, Fonzie's bathroom blitz, that's how it ends. He locks him in the uh, the porta potty. <laughs> Man, that is good stuff. And that's what we need today. A lot of good, wholesome, hilarious entertainment. Because everything is just such so much. So, let's move on with the podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the show. I really do hope everybody is doing terrifically. Uh, we have a lot to get to today, and actually, I have been, oh, I don't know, like, I haven't been well. I mean, I've been well. I just uh, wasn't in the mood 
to podcast. Hence, I like doing the podcast on Saturdays now, but now I'm doing it on Monday because I just couldn't get myself together Saturday or Sunday, let alone a lack of material. However, last night when I was searching around, I found lots of material. Um, because, you know, I mean, I haven't been doing anything. Nobody's been doing anything. So where's the material coming from? But I I've, I've just found so much clips and stuff like that. So we'll be fine, let alone a myriad of stuff to talk about. I think I got that word correct. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I was, you know, today is Rhoda's birthday. Um, my mother, my mother, my mother, ladies and gentlemen, if you need me, I'll be in the game room. Um, I had, so I made some drip coffee this morning and I have only been making the curried cups. You know, I stopped going to Dunkin' Donuts because, well, they're closed. So I made drip coffee this morning. The whole thing's like a drip, right? Um, and I, I used some, I, I haven't made it. Well, I don't know, three years I've made drip coffee, two years maybe, I don't know, when I bought this machine, which is half Keurig, half drip, and uh, I was reading the package, and it said two tablespoons for every cup, or for six ounces, so I thought six ounces was what it was in the pot, but I called my neighbor, Michelle, and she said, no, you got to put a tablespoon for every cup, and I think it's six cups, and I'm like, that would make so much sense, because it doesn't look like there's enough in there. And I want it strong, right? Because I want to, you know, I want to wake up because I didn't sleep very well last night. I'm sure a lot of people are having trouble sleeping. Meanwhile, on Sunday, I just slept all day. I must have slept like 12 hours. So I couldn't sleep at all last night. I was trying to get myself to sleep because I'm like, I got a lot to do today. I got I to gotta Zoom with Rhoda on her birthday. I, I got to do the podcast. I got to do my laundry, I think. I, I think I'm going to shower. I'm going to shift my chair sometimes because I'm so fat. Uh, yeah, I've got to shower. I mean, I don't, I, I, I think it, I, I don't, I don't, I didn't want to say, but I, I don't think I've showered for a week. I mean, what's the point? I haven't seen a goddamn soul, uh, but it's gross and I didn't want to shower and not change my sheets. So I think I'm going to, you know, I got to do my laundry later, but I got to do it late at night, you know, so there's no jerk offs hanging around or anything. And today I had to go, um, out. Well, I'll tell you in a second, but let me just finish the coffee thing. So then when I find, well, actually there's really nothing to say. I put six tablespoons in. For six cups, and it's it's perfect. It's working, as you can tell. But then I went out for a walk today, and I had to use the fucking mask, which I really hate. And the walk was no fun. The walk usually lifts me, lifts me up in spirits, lifts me up in you know just attitude, and I can come home. I'm like, all right, let's get some work done. And it's not working because I feel like it, I mean I don't feel like an idiot. I do feel like an idiot with the mask. I know everyone else is wearing one. But it's just stupid to be wearing outside. It's it it just ruined the walk for me. My head was down the whole time. I maybe I do feel like I look stupid. I don't know. Maybe I feel like I got the wrong kind of mask or something. It just sucks. I like walking around without the mask, but then everybody gets angry if you don't have the mask on. Meanwhile, you know, I'm on the water. I mean, there's no cops there. Nobody's gonna say anything. Nobody has the guts to say anything. You know, it's like it's like a now what I, now I know what it's like being a probably a black guy walking in the street and people cross the uh Cross the street, you know. I mean, that's what they were doing. When I don't have a mask, I see people crossing the street. It's really funny. Um, it, it, you know, you feel like a bag of shit, but th- there's also a feeling of power as well, which is kind of funny. I, as racist as that sounds, we all know that's that's a thing. So, at least if you live in the city, but um, yeah. So, I mean, it's just it, it says the walk just sucked, and it's no fun. And I stopped going out for a walk, and I think that I think like on Saturday I finally got bored. And depressed, not depressed yet. I haven't been really depressed during this because there's no reason to be depressed. Well, I got a little depressed because I think I, I think I'm, you know, I'm getting upset where I see everybody 
being together. If there are people, I mean, you know, families or couples, there's there's people that are uh, you know, quarantining together, but I am all alone and I I feel like everybody else is seeing people and stuff. I I don't know. I feel like I'm the only one that I know that's completely alone. I I really don't know of anybody else that hasn't seen anybody. It seems like people are going to see other people or something, certainly driving places, which I'm very jealous about and I really want to do. And I wanted to go to my mother's house today, but the weather was supposed to be bad, even though it seems okay. But I certainly didn't want to travel on a bad weather day because if I'm going to go out, I want it to be a nice day. And I definitely want to try going out in the car and see what it's like with no traffic or anything. Although when I listen to the sports station in the morning, they say there's lots of traffic. So I don't know what the, I don't know how there can be traffic. I don't know what's going on, but that's what they said. There's traffic in the morning, but I wouldn't be going that early anyway. But anyway, I have been going out. I've been like going. I finally went out this week at nighttime. I hadn't been out at night in a month. And I went out on Tuesday. Yeah, I went out a week ago uh, at midnight. And it was like it was like. It was like uh, I felt like I was doing something. Or did I already? I didn't talk about this already, right? No, I think I think I just I felt like I was doing something. No, wait, did I? I think I talked about this last week. Was that two Tuesdays ago? Now I don't remember. I don't know. I went out. Yeah, I told you already. I went out cycling. Okay, right. I said I went to the cell. I went to Times Square. I think I think I told you that already. I'm mixing up the uh, mixing up the genres. I I don't know, but I went out again last night on a bike ride again to Times Square to try and film it and I got my camera wrong and it was taping behind me. It's completely empty. So I, I might try it again. I don't know. I just keep going out late at night because then I don't have to wear the mask because, you know, what are these people doing out anyway? What are they going to complain? What are they doing out at midnight? Oh, I went out at 11 o'clock. There's lots of people walking their dogs, but I don't know. You know, I got to go out, but now I feel go out at night. So I haven't been going out in the day because I don't feel like wearing the mask. And I hate this. I really hate it. You know, it's like, in this city, people are, you know, I'm a pretty friendly person, obviously. You know, I am friendly with my neighbors and I'm friendly with, you know, people on the street or whatever. I, I You know me, I, I guess, you know, in a way. And and now it's just worse. You know, it's just like as if this city was impersonal enough. Now you you can't even, I mean, it's just horrible. I'm wearing masks and the distance. I mean, this is a, this is a disaster. And I'm, I'm with, I'm, I'm not with the protest. I mean, that's ridiculous, but. There is something to it because I think there's half the population that's like me that's just saying, let's just take our chances because this sucks. I just want to pull off that mask. I want to be like Richard Dreyfus at the end of Close Encounters and pull off that mask and, and take a deep breath and just be like, fuck it. I really just want to take my chances because this sucks. And if we've got to go to Broadway shows with masks on and shit, this is going to stink. It's just not right. It's not right. And taking a walk around with a mask is just not the same. It's like I really just don't even want to exist if this is what we have to do all the time because this stinks. It's not worth anything. It's it's. I'd rather just get sick and really take my chances. I mean, for real. I mean, it's just this is just it's just so it's just it just sucks. On the flip side of that, I really don't want it to end. Um. You know, because I really don't know what I, I feel like everybody's life is going to go back to normal except mine, you know, which is this is my normal, but this is good. I mean, I don't know how I'm going to make a living after this. 
I really don't know. I mean, the comedy cell is not going to open to even if it opens, let's say by, well, let's just say that the comedy cellar opens by June. I probably wouldn't have a show if I had one at all until July or August. And it's definitely not going to be filled to capacity. And that's where I was making my money and who, who you know, everything is going to be like half. I don't know what I don't know. I mean, if that's how I make my living at this is how I, what I discovered a year ago. I mean, I really just don't know what I'm going to do. I, I, I bet you a lot of well, maybe maybe a lot of people feel that way, I, I guess. I mean, a lot of I don't know. Uh, I mean, it's such a disaster. I mean, I, I'm trying not to worry about it or think about it. You know, I got all my bills paid for April, but, you know, what am I going to do in May? I don't know. Just like everybody else. Uh, I made too much money in 2018, so they didn't send me a, a check. And my accountant's a fucking idiot, so I'm not going to make anything. I, I don't know. This guy's such a moron. I'm going to have to tell on him again. I sent my taxes in, but I haven't had anything to sign. This is where he messed up last year. Anyway, that's a whole other story. I will tell you, though, that uh, the comedy so Mike Burbiglia, who I've never met in my life, if you can believe it, uh, set up a fund for the staff at the Comedy Cellar. And thank God I made a contribution. This is something, right? Like, I don't have any money left. And, you know, everybody knows I, you know, I'm not like a professional comedian stuff. I just make enough to survive where he was making enough to survive. And um, so, you know, Louis C.K. gave, well, it's right here, actually. He gave uh, $30,000 to help the staff at the Comedy Cellar. Um, there's a GoFundMe site for the staff at the Comedy Cellar, the staff that we all love, the wait staff, the bartenders, the cleaners, you know, all that kind of stuff that we, you know, have an attachment to every day down at the Comedy Cellar in our Comedy Cellar family. Louis C.K. gives $30,000, you know, because he can, and everybody's giving, and I'm, I look at the list, and I'm like, geez, you know what? I better, I better, I better donate some money, because I don't want to look like an asshole. I mean, they probably think I have money, but I think they know I'm only there once a month. You know, I have this allure where people probably think I have, well, how does this guy make, just the way I can't figure out how these kids are doing comedy make money, you know, they probably think I have some money, so I got to say, I got to something so i just gave 50 bucks right i'm uh, i i can't really give a lot of money as i'd like to i would have normally liked to give at least 100 or or more uh if it was regular if it was a regular time i'd probably give like 200 bucks or something you know something that because i make a lot of money at the seller so why wouldn't i but i can only really i can't really afford anything so i gave 50 bucks just to put my name on the list because everybody's name is up there and it looks like i did it just in time because in the post Somebody must have been checking out that list because they have an article in the post. What day was this? Friday. And I think I gave on Wednesday. And they say, Louis C.K. appears to have donated $30,000 to help the wait staff. And he's just one of the hosts of famous funny people to rally around, blah, blah, blah. Um, Louis donated $10,000 about a week ago, then chipped in another $20,000, the 52-year-old comedian, blah. Michael Che also appeared to have cost of $5,000. David Tell donated $1,500, while Sarah Silverman, Michelle Wolf, and Keith Robinson all put up 1000 John Mayer appears to have donated 2500 because John Mayer performs with so done. And then they wrote down Todd Barry, Chris, Jeff Garland, TJ Miller, Colin Jost, Gary Goldman, and Jim Norton also made contributions, you know, because they made like 500 bucks or something like that. But, um, you know, I... You know, if I think if I had made a hundred, I would have been mentioned in the or two two fifty. I would have been mentioned in the paper. <laughs> now, if I had known that, I probably would have put more money in. But the important thing is, like, yeah, you better put some money in because when this is finished, they're going to remember. That staff is going to remember who didn't, 
you know, that I'm, I wish I could have put in more. Well, what are you going to do? At least I was able to do something. Again, if I knew they were going to mention everybody's name in the paper, I mean, I would have put in so much more. How are you? Oh, yeah. By the way, I tell the other day, he said, yeah, you heard they're um, opening, uh, you know, they're going to start opening non-essential uh, places slowly, you know, like improv um, groups, uh, improv classes will start opening and um, Zumba, Zomba classes, whatever he was saying. It was really funny. Zomba classes. Um improv troops that's the best that's why i can never take an improv troop seriously because he's been making fun of those for years and all the ucb people that's what's going to open first as a uh the first thing to open well we got to get ucb open god i wrote oh yeah so i can't go to my mom's because my sister won't let me and I, i'm mad at myself i should have never told anybody i was sick at the beginning of the virus and then I probably would have been able to um, see people. But because I said I was sick at the beginning, I think that messed up my entire quarantine stay. I should have just kept my mouth shut. But, you know, who knew all this was going to happen? Because now everybody still thinks I'm I'm sick, which I'm clearly not. I know I had another sore throat again last week or this week. I, I, I'm mixing up the weeks. But um, I'm perfectly fine now except for just uh, being logy. Although today I feel pretty good because I'm caffeinated up and ready to go. But... Like everybody, you know, I've been cooking too, and I made this meal, the sweet and sour meatballs over rice, and I, 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 I must have eaten too. I mean, I was just like it just put me away where I just had to sleep, you know, for like hours, and maybe it was depression, maybe sleep. I, I can't tell. I'm not getting any exercise, but I need to exercise. But every time I try to exercise, I seem to get sick or tired or whatever. But you know, somebody's got to do something. I mean, it's weird, right? I haven't had a drink in like a month, and yet I'm still fat because I think I'm overeating, which I wasn't. I don't know. I mean, this is a disaster, right? In that sense. I think a lot of people are starting to, you know, exercise and do stuff, you know, for when we get out. But I, I just, I, I couldn't, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Oh, so Saturday was the first day I was bored. I haven't been bored at all during this whole thing. But Saturday was the first day I was bored for some reason. I was just sitting there going like, now what do I do? I think I, I think I woke up too early. I think I was used to waking up at two, but I got up at like eight in the morning that day. And then I just kind of did everything. I, I think I, 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 right. I didn't go for the walk because I didn't want to put, or maybe it was crappy weather. And so, you know, I played the golf game. I think I played the video game. I watched TV. I was just, I was out of stuff to do. I talked on the phone. I, I, I was just done. I remember that was the first day I was like bored after after like for a month. I finally ran out of stuff to do or I had like done it all and just wanted to. I don't even know. I can't even begin to tell you. I feel better today. And yesterday was doing OK, too. You know, obviously, when the weather is bad, it's uh seems to be a thing. I've also been trying to work out my green screen, you know, that I for Zoom calls. I can't get the lighting correct. It's driving me crazy. I put together a new light, but it's a white light. I need a darker light so I look better, so I don't look like a ghost. And I want to film these like videos, but I can't get the right lighting down. I can't I can't do my lighting concept like Cher Harwood says in Clueless. First, I have to design a lighting concept whenever a boy's coming over. <laughs> but I can't get it right, and it's driving me crazy because I look like a ghost. It's horrible. I mean, I don't look bad. It's just like I just want to look – I want to look good – in my Zoom chats. Meanwhile, 
I did a Zoom set chat with Sarah Silverman and Dave Rath uh, the other day, and I was using my Seinfeld background that I use with my green screen. At nighttime, you know, I use the the actual city background, but I can't Zoom can't take sunlight in the back, which is why everybody's got to use something else. You know, it can't take a window in the daylight, but at nighttime I can use the window backdrop, which is nice because you see the cars going in the background and everything. But, you know, in the daytime I got to use the green screen, so I just want to put hilarious stuff back there. But uh, I was using the Seinfeld backdrop, and Sarah goes, oh, your apartment looks so clean. I'm like, thank you. I didn't even tell her. I'm like, you don't recognize this is the Seinfeld apartment? You've been in my apartment. You've been making fun of my apartment on the actual podcast. You actually think this is my apartment, the Seinfeld set. Maybe she must have she must have been on her phone or something. I couldn't see. I can't believe she fell for that. It was so brilliant. I didn't even say anything. She goes, boy, your apartment looks great. I'm like, thank you. Yeah, I cleaned it. What an idiot. I can't believe that that woman is putting on a play somewhere. What a moron. What a maroon. What a nincompoop. Still, though, she's uh, nice. She fostered a, a dog. Uh, on Saturday, like an old dog, like with a sickness and stuff, which is the right thing to do instead of getting like a puppy or something like that. She's just fostering the dog. But yeah, you got to you gotta take the good with the bad. So you're really doing a service. That's really nice of her. Dog's adorable, but he's he's old and he's got like a wound and everything. It's That's why everybody's telling me to, you know, get, a, a you know, adopt a cat or a dog. I mean, I feel horrible, but um uh, I don't know. I, I can't even. I, I'm not even going outside anywhere, and I, I, I'm not even. I'm not interacting with people. I can't imagine. I don't know. Who knows? The cat I bring back is probably going to have the virus and affect everybody. I don't. You know, we don't know. We don't know what's happening here. I, I, I'm so. I, oh, so uh, okay. Where do I go? Um, okay, so on. Let was it Saturday? No, Friday night, I think. You know that thing you do. And we've been talking about Adam for so long. That thing you do, the movie, the four original guys in the band, the Wonders, got together and were doing a reunion. And it was supposed to be like because of Adam dying, they're like, let's do this thing. So I couldn't wait. Everybody texted me. They're like, hey, this is going to be a live seven. I'm like, I can't wait. I can't wait. And they got together. What they were doing, which I didn't know, was watching the movie together and then commenting. However, they didn't get the rights to the fucking movie. So you're sitting there like an idiot. Now, I found the copy of it online, but it was the extended cut, and they tell you when to start it. It's so stupid. I I mean, it was ridiculous. How did they not get the rights to the movie? So it's these the four idiots, and then Colin Hanks came on. Not Tom Hanks, Colin Hanks. And I'm like, are you kidding? You couldn't even get Tom Hanks? Is that? What we, but then I found out that Colin Hanks was actually in the movie when he was like 19. So he actually had some input to say, which was interesting. I didn't know he was in the movie. You know, screw Colin Hanks. Um, but yeah, so it, it sucked, but I ended up watching the whole thing because I was like – you know, waiting for any kind of input I could see. And, you know, I like those things, people talking about the movies. Then Kevin Pollack came on and Giovanna Rabisi, when their scenes came on, they popped in and I was hoping somebody else was going to come in, but no other surprises. They, you know, I had the movie on, but it's like, I didn't, I can't believe they didn't have the rights to the movie. I mean, that is really pathetic. 
and you shouldn't have even done it if you don't have the rights to the movie. They were playing the movie in the background, but they had a clock like covering it. Are you kidding that those guys couldn't get the rights to the movie? How do you have Colin Hanks on, but you don't have the rights to the movie? He goes, oh, I just want to say my dad says hello. So if you have Tom Hanks' blessing, and it's completely his movie, produced it, he directed it, he wrote it, he's not given the rights to the movie? Why are they doing this? How is that a tribute to Adam? Sorry, we can't show the movie. And they only said like two words about Adam. And what they, it, so that was pathetic. It was not a tribute to Adam. That's what I thought it was. The great Adam Schlesinger that we've talked about three weeks. It was not any kind of tribute. I told Sarah about it and I'm glad she didn't, thank God she didn't watch. I would have felt horrible because it was so stupid. They did say how they got the thing, you know, they were listening to the tapes and as soon as they heard that one, they just knew that was the one. All right, big deal. We kind of knew. I mean, obviously we knew that, but. Yeah, I mean, it's re- it was really pathetic. It was really pathetic. I ended up watching the whole thing. I was actually mad at myself for s- sitting through it. Well, this thing was just stupid. I'm really mad about it. I mean, it's just really it's really upsetting that they had the nerve. I mean, thank God they weren't charging for it. You know, I mean, that just would have been. I mean, that's what they, they weren't even charging for it. You can't just show it. How did they not get the rights? I, I'd like to delve more into that and just call out whoever the hell's in charge and say, you can't. Give people the rights. It's a watch party. It's not like we're going to show it on the screen. It's going to be a crappy copy. The movie's 30 years old. Really? You know, I mean, I found a copy of it on YouTube anyway. Ugh. Drives me insane. And really, people are just so selfish. Meanwhile, I've been thinking about, I just came up with an idea maybe, to maybe do one of my live readings online, you know, with the Comedy Cellar folk. Um, now at first I was thinking about, you know, I could redo the Godfather cause I had the script and then I'm like, well, maybe I should make a new script. But then I was talking to Dory about it and she said, just make sure you make it short. And I was like, Jesus, you know what? She's completely right. We need to do one that's a half hour. We can't do like an hour and a half one or anything like that. I got to do a half hour. So maybe taking like a TV show and rewriting or something, I got to find something, but I don't think that's a horrible plan. Now I don't. I don't know whether I can charge for it. I mean, I'd like, I'm just trying to, you know, I'm trying to find a way to make money or do something. So I don't know. I don't want to be a dick and charge, but I mean, I got to make money too, you know, but I don't want to charge people that we're going to want. You know, I hate charging people. You know, that's why I won't go on Patreon. What is it called? But I might have to, I I don't but who has money to pay anything anymore? You know, that's the problem. I mean, if we were in a normal world, I mean, I think I'm going to put those original Godfather videos together. I keep saying it. I mean, it's not like I have anything to do. I don't know why I'm just not at my computer editing all the time. It's really pathetic. I told you I saw, you know, it's funny. I told you I saw Doolittle the other day. I'm just going from topic to topic. I And, and then I have so much other stuff I, I want to get to because you're not going to believe what I did last night. Uh, I just wanted to, these are the couple things I wanted to talk about before I move on. Oh, you know what? As long as uh, I'm here, let me. Uh, we're just going to make a quick call to Memo, say hello, because I need interaction with people. Otherwise, I'm going to die. Um, and I found a good way to make him sound completely clear as if he's sitting right here. Hello, Memo. <laughs> hey. <laughs> <laughs> this is very exciting. <laughs> I know. Nice to hear from you. We uh, were just, uh, Memo and I were just talking before we did this and said, Do you have anything to say? And he was like, no. I'm like, yeah, I don't really have that much either. I know. Well, I mean, what can people say at this point? You know, you're just kind of sitting, sitting and waiting it out. 
Yeah, it's like being in the uh, last month of pregnancy, and uh, <laughs> you're just you know you're really not doing anything. You're just my sister said that like, what are you doing today? You're like just waiting for the baby to come. <laughs> that's kind of what it's like. No, it's actually that's literally that. That's exactly right. Um, for a man who's never given birth, you, you you hit the nail on the head. Thank you, I appreciate that. Well, we're talking to Rachel Feinstein today too. That's why. Uh, oh right. I guess I was thinking about it, but she's almost in. Well, she's in her last month. Yeah, that's crazy. I, that's I, can you believe? I don't even know what that's like having a kid and moving your house during this insanity. I can't even. Well, that's what um, you know. We were gonna we're gonna talk about later. Right. Is uh, yeah, because that's if. I, I can't even think about it. I, I mean, I, I haven't. Have you been in your car at all? I I have a little bit, just a little bit. Um, yeah, because I haven't been in my car at all. I haven't been anywhere. And my mother's birthday, when this airs on Tuesday, but my brother's birthday is on Monday. And I'm thinking about going out there, even though my sister says, no, you can't go because you live in New York City and you're disgusting. <laughs> But that's not really fair. I mean, I just want to do something. I want to do something. I mean, I hear all these people driving around. I'm very jealous. You know what I did? And this is, I guess I shouldn't say this on a podcast, but um, because it's because I don't want to spoil the secret. But we I, we did drive to um Randall's Island last week and it was amazing. Nobody was there. It was perfect. Um, really? What'd you do there? Nothing. What's there to do? <laughs> huh. I mean, I mean, like we just hung out and threw a ball around and Brian went in her scooter and I mean, we just kind of hung out, had a, you know, we brought some food. So we did like a picnic, but it was just, just good to be hanging out there, but there was no one there. There was literally no one. There. I mean, there were a few people, but no one anywhere near you. So it was fine. It was, I don't even know how you get there. You have to go to the Triborough tri bridge. bridge, isn't it? Or something. Yeah. You, you get on the Triborough and then you get off before, you know, getting on the real Triborough. I've seen signs for it. I've never been there before in my life, and it's probably directly across the street from my house. <laughs> yeah, it's probably like isn't it, yeah. Isn't it like right above uh, Roosevelt Island? Yeah, it's right. It's above exactly. You just go up the FDR, and then it's like you can get on it. Yeah, actually, that's what you do. You would get on the FDR, and then where it says Triborough Bridge, you would get on that exit. But then you get right off as soon as you get on the Triborough Bridge. You, you Is that the place where they have concerts yeah. in the summer? And everybody gets electrocuted there. Yeah, so and there's that's the place, but yeah, <laughs> right. It is, and there's also a John McEnroe tennis school, which is hilarious. So really, I can't. I gotta check that place out. So the, wait, don't they have a like a golf course? Not a course, but like a they have like a pitch and putt there or something. Uh, there's a pitch and putt over by like Shea Stadium. I don't know if there's one on Randall's yeah. Island, but there yeah, might, they play. could be. It's big enough. Like it's you know, it's not small. I've finally been playing my. Uh, you know, my golf game, my uh, golden tee game. Yeah. Getting very good. I haven't got a trouble on the seventh hole at the uh, Aspen Lake course. Um, How many different courses are on that thing? Well, because there's four years, there's the golden tee classic, golden tee 98, 99, and 2000. That's 12 courses. Oh. Um, a lot of them are water. Those are really annoying. Because you get a stroke <laughs> penalty, you know, if the ball goes in the water. Right. And so the yesterday, I really hit it into the woods and ran into Bigfoot. <laughs> um, he was just standing there. I guess that's part of the hilarious machine <laughs> antics they used to put in the 90s. And I remember machines. those. It's like yeah. a very bad distilled version of Bigfoot. It's Bigfoot and a bear at the same time. I, I've seen the bear before, but not Bigfoot. Right. Um, he doesn't come out and 
complain or anything. He just looks. No, he's just, it's just a still photo. It's kind of pathetic. They, I mean, they should have it move a little bit. I don't know why they, you know, why not have it move? I don't, you know, it's just standing there like a picture. That's a good question. Well, you meanwhile, know, though, I'm enjoying it much more than I uh, thought I would. So, well, that'll keep you busy till like mid June, I think. <laughs> That's what I'm hoping. Yeah. <laughs> well, then I want to get another one. You know, I want to get because they got a new one. Uh, Joe and I were just looking online, and they have a new Pac Man Galaga one. Ooh. That's perfect. Yeah. Because they had separate ones, but now they're combined. Right. So that would be exactly what I need to really fulfill the dream. Is it just <laughs> Pac-Man and Galaga or is it like No, there's Pac-Man four games and I don't remember what the other are, others are offhand. Oh, wow. That, that But new, Joe thinks by, you know, by the end of the year they'll have even more different variation, you know, by Christmas time if people are having Christmas this year. Right. You you could really give Richie Knuckles a run for his money if you keep buying these. Exactly. I'm just going to charge people uh, $10 <laughs> Friday nights, all you can play from 7 to 10. Right. And just have everybody can come over. Uh, that wouldn't be a bad way to run a business, actually, out of your apartment. I got to think of something. Yeah. I got to think of some way to make money. I'm glad you still have a job. I know. I'm very lucky. I, I was like seeing it's like, what is something like a, th- a third? of this country can work from home, but then two thirds can't. So I'm in like the lucky third. So. Yeah. Yeah. And you, and you're, yeah, exactly. And the stuff you can do from like a lot of people who have been working from home still got fired. Right. You know, they just can't cause they're the jobs aren't essential, I guess, or they're just not making any money. Right. But, uh, yours was- will go on forever. No, it's, it's true. Years old already. <laughs> no, that's true. I mean, we are. Although I, I'm jealous of my friend who works for Sony Music because they like have tons of money, but he he can't do almost anything. He does like a little bit of googling. They'll literally they'll be like, Clive Davis needs such and such video, and he'll like find it on YouTube and send him the link. That's his job right now. Where can I get that job? <laughs> and like that's, that's it. The rest of the time he's playing video games and he's getting paid. It's amazing. Yeah, I got to find that old man like that who needs some help. Except I am that old man and I need like an intern to help me do stuff. Do you see your um your your building mates like your neighbors and stuff? Well, not not anymore. I don't see anybody. I think everybody left the building. I mean, I used to at first. I saw everybody and now I I don't see anybody anymore. In fact, I texted the you know, doctor who lives next door and I haven't heard back from her. I'm assuming she's around. Right. I, maybe she went home. I, I don't. I, I can't imagine a doctor would go home. But no, that's the irony. My, the what? The, uh, the, the I, I heard that like the supermarkets in the Upper East and West Side are like they have too much food, and then like everywhere else there's like not enough food. Uh, well, you might be right. I found this new grocery store uh, a couple blocks away, which was much better than the one that I was going to. So I've been happier there. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's still bad. They still, I told you, they charged me $7.29 for a box of Rice Krispies. <laughs> yeah. That ain't cool. <laughs> no, that's crazy. No, that's because I was just... trying to get it from Walmart for $2. And then they said it wasn't going to come until April, you know, 28th. Right. Well, you should but still then, order it. Well, that's what some Joe said. I should still order it anyway because they'll probably come earlier. But I panicked because I'm like, well, by then I'll have to buy another seven dollar box no but i mean like even if you do even if it does come april 28th you're still gonna need it like you're still gonna i don't know i guess i was thinking maybe it would be over and i wouldn't eat cereal by then <laughs> now the kind of cereal i was getting is not 
it's not the one you want to keep ordering. Right. It's very sugared. It's very bad for you. That's, that's true. I just had Pop-Tarts last night and I've been eating cookie dough bites. It's horrible what I've been going through. This is, um, yeah, this is healthy. I thought maybe you were going to like start doing cooking and stuff. Cause I am, I'm cooking, you know, tonight after I uh, taped the podcast, I'm, I'm cooking a couple things and then I eat them in two days and then I have to cook again. I mean, I'm not cooking as much as I probably should. I mean, I'm not ordering out. Right. But yesterday, you know, I just had a red pepper. <laughs> <laughs> But then I had a, you know, then I, you know, I make spaghetti sometimes, and then um, I'm making uh, sweet and sour meatballs uh, later. Was that um while you were watching the um that thing you do reunion? That's why I had the spaghetti last night. That's the spaghetti. While I was watching the that thing you do thing, which was horrible. <laughs> it was, uh, which I've already described. Horrible. They didn't get the rights to the movie, <laughs> so they're doing a watch party without playing the movie. They had to block the movie. I'm like, this is horrible. I already did a whole <laughs> dissertation on it. So I, oh, I see. I'll tell you later. But I, I mean, it was absolutely <laughs> awful. And I'm pretty pissed off. And I don't know who's in charge over there. Right. But it, you know, I, I'm not going to go into it again. I don't want to get upset. Memo, please, you're upsetting me. This is just <laughs> like when I talked to my mother. Yeah. David, no, you're upsetting me. <laughs> anyway, I just wanted to check in for a little bit. Yeah. I guess you're doing okay. You sound okay. Yeah, I'm doing. You know what I've been working on this week? I've been working on. Uh, I've been making a coloring book. You're uh, like making one that you're going to sell. Well, I, I think I'm just going to give it away. Uh, it's a, a COVID nineteen coloring book for grown ups. Oh God, <laughs> <laughs> so that sounds horrible. That's something nobody's going to want to remember <laughs> or buy later. But well, I know that's why you do it now. But it's like people are bored, so I'm like, well, they can print these out. But if and you're color. making a coloring book. Why not make a real a, a regular coloring book that you can sell <laughs> and make money from late you know now if you're I can't believe you're being so creative. <laughs> it just made you. me it made me start laughing like I started thinking of pages and I was like oh this is funny so I just started doing them and then I did more and more. Um everyone's in it. Joe Biden's in it, Donald Trump, everybody gets a That's cool kind of brilliant. You should put it on uh Amazon Prime like we have TurboCharge. Oh yeah, I was I was wondering if you should uh, do a big push for turbocharged since everyone's like done. Yeah, I guess I should. Yeah. I guess I should. I'm not sure how, but uh, I guess right. I should. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Anyway, that's all, all right. I got today. Well, this is the shortest that's podcast cool. I've ever been involved in. It's uh, exciting. Well, just uh, there's more of the podcast to go. This is just uh, we're right. just talking to some friends today. No, this is good. I hope Checking this works out. You know, I'm running out of content. <laughs> <laughs> Um, right. This is true. Well, but everybody is, loves memo. So, um, well, this is where you can go into your deep archive and like bring out like clips from like the they've just gone friends show and stuff. Like now you've yeah, got I all know. this time. I gotta get that shit. You're right. Yeah, maybe I'll do some college stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, memo. Well, right. thanks for uh, being on the show. No problem. And um, I guess I'll talk to you later because you're all right. Thank you. Good luck with the rest of the show. Thank you. It's always good to talk to. So I really wanted to talk to Rachel today, and I'm like, you know what? I'm just not in the mood. I, I'm not. I just. I mean, I. I. You know, I really. We'll call her next week, or maybe we'll just. I mean, I. I don't know because I could do. I really don't know what I'm doing. Anyway, what I wanted to tell you was that. Um, do you realize? You know, remember I told you that since I've been home, you know, I've been watching a couple of movies. I saw Emma, and I saw Doolittle. I saw Shazam. I saw. I finally saw Bridesmaids. 
I'd never seen it before. Can you believe it? I'd never seen it before. I finally saw it. It was excellent. Uh, it was much better than I thought it was going to be. You know, I thought I definitely thought it was going to be some raunchy, stupid stuff, but it was. Uh, I liked it a lot. I liked it a lot. I like that Kristen Wiig a lot. She's she's cool, and I like that whole cast really. But and Melissa McCarthy I could probably do without sometimes. Sometimes she's good. I don't know. She's kind of gross. But everybody was really good. It was a good movie. Um, but anyway, so I was talking about Doolittle, and I was thinking to myself, oh, my God, do you realize I might be the only person on the planet to have seen every incarnation of Dr. Doolittle that's ever been made? I may be the only person who's seen every single one. There's five. There's five Doolittle movies. I dare anyone to challenge me on this. I saw the first one in 1960, what, seven, nine? I don't remember what the hell it was, 67, right? I mean, whatever, and I've seen it again, you know, since it's horrible. Uh, I saw the Robert Downey one, horrible. The first Eddie Murphy one is the best. The second Eddie Murphy one is okay. The first one is better. And I must be the only person who's seen the third one, Dr. Doolittle 3, citizens on patrol i don't know what it's called but it's his daughter who ends up going to a a a dude ranch what's that that called with horses and stuff and a camp and with these kids and they have to save the ranch i mean it's the most obvious oh my god it's like a right from the 80s but it's not and i saw that one like twice so i've seen dr doolittle one two three i don't even know how you call it Dr. Doolittle 3, unless I don't know whether Eddie Murphy produced that one or not, but he's not in it. And then the original Dr. Doolittle with Rex Harrison and the four, and the fifth one with Robert Downey Jr. Can you believe that? I was thinking about the other day. Now, that's some accomplishment. And you know what the worst part is? I feel like it's an accomplishment. Like, I wrote it down like, huh, you know, I've seen all the Dr. Doolittles, every incarnation. Well, how about that? Well, wait till they get a load of me. I, I mean, that's how bad things are when I'm thinking about that. Well, I've done a lot today. I've finally seen all five Dr. Doolittle movies. That's when you know things are bleak. That's when boredom really sets in. I'm patting myself on the back for that. You know, our nurse friend, uh, Alina, who... um you know, it's really going through a tough time. Really, just it's just getting worse and worse. You know, they, they might say the curve is flattening, but not for her. She still can't see her family and everything. She was coming up. She goes, do you know of any good Thai places? And I'm like, well, my neighbor's 17-year-old kid recommends the Thai place across the street from us. Uh, you know? <laughs> and it's, it's funny. When this kid recommends something, I usually say it's right to be all right. I mean, this girl, she's got she's been to like every fancy restaurant on the planet. Either dad takes her to like these fancy places. She's so snobby, but... Uh, anyway, Alina stopped there. She just drives around all the time and can't really see anybody. But like the other day, her uh, for her daughter called up crying, and I'm like, boy, she seems like such a well-adjusted kid. She's like, Dave, she's 12. She misses her mother. And I'm like, oh, yeah, right, right, I got you. And they had to have a date where she pulls her car outside her building. She's, the kid set up a chair so her mom could talk to her through the car with a mask on. And then when um, she left her a cupcake that she baked and left it on the street, And then she had to go inside while her mother came out of the car and picked it up. Can you believe this? Now, that's a disaster. 
But she said the Thai food was good, so uh, turns out this 17-year-old kid knew her stuff. I haven't gotten Thai food in like 20 years. Maybe I'll give it a try. There's a uh, there's a couple people that have died, um, you know, since, you know, the vi- not, uh, I don't even know whether it's of the virus or not. Um, but this guy, Timothy Brown, died. Now, this guy was in MASH. And um, this is how the Post reported it. Um, born in Brown paid college football at Ball State University in Muncie. Timothy Brown, he apparently was a, you know, he was also a, a football player. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Hold on. I want to read this. He later won roles in the Robert Altman directed films MASH and Nashville uh, and black black exploitation films including Sweet Sugar and Black Gun and Dynamite Brothers, whatever. In the film version of MASH, Brown played Corporal Judson. In the TV series, he played Captain Oliver Jones, a character who had been played in the movie by another former NFL player, Fred Williamson. The Jones character was written out of the show after the first season, but Brown was only one of four actors to appear in both versions of MASH. The only reason why I'm uh, mentioning it like this is because they're not, it's so, they're playing, yeah, he played Captain Oliver Jones. He played a character called Spear Chucker Jones. Now, is that racist? Of course it's racist. But everybody knows who knows MASH, who knows this guy, who would care about this article that you're printing, knows he was Spear Chucker Jones in the TV series. Now, I know it's racist, but I don't see how you can do reporting and not mention that his character was named Spear Chucker Jones. And that's probably why they wrote him off the show, because they finally realized, boy, this is really racist if we keep calling him Spear Chucker even though they fired the only black guy on MASH. But then they, they said it, were like, well, you know, there were no black guys in the medical units. And I mean, it was just, they used everything in the book, but they realized it was racist, but then they firing him anyway was racist, the one black character in MASH. And I mean, it's like he was, I think he was a surgeon in the, in the, in the movie and the TV show. So it's kind of inspiring, but they called him Spear Chucker because he was a javelin thrower which, yes, is racist, but that's what they did in the 50s. But how can you not report it? They don't even mention it once. They say his name was Spear Trucker, but then, it, I mean, how do you not, what kind of reporting is that? You never mentioned his name was Spear Trucker Jones? I mean, I didn't even know it was Oliver. I don't think they said it once. Spear Trucker Jones. That was his name in the show, and they don't even mention it once. I don't understand what kind of reporting that is. Yeah, it's bad, but we should remember it. You know, these are the kind of things you need to point out. Ugh, that kind of shit drives me crazy. Like you just want to pass it over. Like it's just never happened. The best thing you can do is talk about it. So people are like, Jesus Christ, that was pretty racist back then. You know, like, so you make a note of it so you don't do it again. I mean, what are we supposed to just pretend shit like that didn't happen? Like nobody called anybody colored people back in the day. Yeah, we. I guess we figured it. I mean, I. Yeah, I still enjoy using the word, but only because it's. You know, we got to remember this is what this is how I was brought up. People would just say, "Yeah, the colored guy." I mean, you just want to 
pass it over like it never happened, like the Holocaust. Just, that never happened. So what, why should we talk about it at all? Because, you know, that was so in the past. Let's just forget about it. Can't forget about it. It's like that movie uh, Carbon Copy. I think who's who's that horrible actor? Um, you know, where the guy's wearing blackface. Don't he's a white guy playing. Uh, who's that kid? He made a made a name for himself in the eighties. I don't know, you know, but they can't show. They can't even show that movie anymore. Isn't Denzel Washington in the? No, I can't remember. Whitney. What, oh, what was that guy's name? Who cares? But I mean, you know, you should. You maybe shouldn't. Should be should talk about a movie like that. Like I can't believe. We were cool with that. <laughs> like, it's just, I don't know. I feel like it should be talked about. You can't just, it's like, you know, when they, when they drop the N word from movies that it's important that they show them so we can know this is bad. You know, again, when they cut that out of trading places, the most important part of the movie is when these two guys who set up the thing, the two old men use the N word. It's it's important, and we know they are real villains, and that's why we want to destroy them, because technically they don't seem that bad. They gave Eddie Murphy this lovely life. You know, they're going to take it away from him, but they're not evil enough to hurt this bad until they use the N-word. You can't just cut it out of a movie, especially, again, if it's on AMC, American Movie Classics. Well, I guess it can't be a classic if there's a naughty word in it. Then I guess it's not a classic. I guess you don't deem it a classic. Because if it's a classic, there should be nothing cut out. Thank you. Also, Brian Dennehy, who was awesome, so awesome, he died. Everybody liked Brian Dennehy. Everybody liked Brian Dennehy. Brian Dennehy was cool. He was awesome. He was awesome in Cocoon. And he was awesome in FX. And you know what was cool about him is, like, even after he... um, you know, did uh, movies and stuff like that. He just did so much TV. He just was constantly working all the time. You know, he was just a real character actor, even though, you know, what kind of character he'd be. He looked the same. He talked the same. You don't do any voices or anything, but, you know, he was just cool. Everybody loved him. So I have a clip of him on Letterman in 85 when Cocoon had just come out, and he's trying to be funny, and he's not funny. Well, some, some of his stuff misses. He's trying too hard a little, but then some of it's, actually kind of funny he just seems like a pretty fun guy to hang out with and the best is when he talks about that idiot tawny welch who was in cocoon because he realizes she didn't care for the movie and he likes the movie and she's like what a what a twat you know he's trying to be polite but he's also not and this is when letterman was great because letterman you know uh uh, this is you know when letterman was the best and i loved letterman and i used to go all the time but i i like this i I just found this clip. <laughs> and Preston looks at her. He says, Richard Egan. Couldn't even be Robert Redford, right? Well, anyway. He went nuts. It was funny at the time, folks. It's Preston. still funny. It's, it's still funny. Don't worry so about let's it. Let's get that dog back out of here. No, no. Uh, now, tell me about Cocoon. We had uh, last uh, Thursday, I believe it was. Was it Thursday? Yeah. Thursday, we had Tawny uh, Welch on. Raquel Tawny Welch's Welch, daughter. Yeah. Lovely young woman. Beautiful girl. Is she a good actress? Yeah, she's pretty good. She's yeah. uh, she's very good in the picture, I think. Now, now she didn't care for uh, herself in the picture, and, yeah. and I got the feeling also she was not nuts about the film. So I've heard. I, I didn't see the show. <clears throat> I always go to bed with my milk and cookies about mm-hmm. 10.30, but uh, I understand that uh, she was not real happy with it, but you have to understand that 
Tani's uh, just starting out, and, and really, acting is not what she's primarily interested in. Is that she's, right? What she, is she, she acts in? To, to pay the bills while she's waiting for her big break because what she really wants is to be a waitress. Uh-huh. <laughs> I see. What you... And, uh... Now, now, you have to understand. I mean, this girl's been waiting for this break now for two or three years. Uh, she just had a couple of interviews with Arby's. Uh-huh. But, uh... Didn't work out. Uh, yeah. They have this affirmative action program now, and uh, they went with the albino. Um, and, well, uh, see, now she didn't explain that to me. Yeah, well, there's a lot of things. You know, she had, she was, she had three interviews with a couple of delicatessens in New York, but she couldn't pronounce Kasha Varnishka. Now, uh, Brian, now, now are you mad at this woman? Oh, no, no, no. I'm just having I, fun. I'm having a good time. Okay. I mean, I think okay. Connie is, has got a lot of things going for her. This girl's beautiful. She's, She's lovely. She's very talented. She's talented. Of- I mean, this is the kind of interview. Why you, you'll never get this out of an actor ever again. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he didn't give a shit. This is fucking awesome. This is what all. That's why these interview shows stink, except unless you're on Howard, and nobody's giving it up like this. That's why, like, he clearly hates this woman. She has no pride and no, you know. And he's a consummate working actor all the time. He's like furious. Better actress than she thinks she is. She's yeah. got a lot of confidence. She, Maybe she needs she's going through a little phase, a little stage, a little... Uh... Well, the thing is, this is such a good picture. You know, right, I mean, I've, I've made my share of real dogs in my time, believe me. What's a good one? A, a good dog that you Oh, made? I can't do that. <laughs> no, well, I think can't. of one and we'll come back to it. I made one uh, called The Attack of the Killer Ants years ago. In, uh... Remember that one? I played the fire chief. I, my job was to try to put the ants out. <laughs> Flame. It was Did a real winner, folks, flame? I'll tell you. But uh, so, and you know, when you go out, have to go out and hustle a picture like that, you know, yeah. it really hurts. But this is a really interesting, funny. Now, what part do you play in Cocoon here? This is this is aliens coming from outer space and they save uh, old people, isn't that the well, deal? It's yeah, it's slightly more complicated than that, David. Well, uh, I assume but... there'd be a little more to it. Than... <laughs> no, we, uh, it's a uh, it's a it's about a group of old people living in in St. Petersburg and. Uh, Struggling, you know, with with their lives, uh, which, uh, you know, the money and so forth. Whatever. Um, I mean, he's just so cool. And like I said, like, I mean, it's so great and so refreshing to hear somebody be like, yeah, do you believe this twat? She like, you know, she's in this great picture. It's amazing picture. And uh, it's so great. He also talks about what it's like to work with Ron Howard. Recognize you there either because you don't have the mustache on in that, in that yeah, scene. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing this for a picture here in New York. But how'd you like that jacket? Huh? <laughs> Very nice. That comes from Johnny Versace's Big Boy Shop. <laughs> <laughs> He's got three sizes: uh, extra large, jumbo, and Mamma Mia. Uh huh. Johnny Versace. Johnny Versace. Big Boy Big Shop. Boy. Husky for huskies. For us huskies. Uh-huh. Uh huh. How did you like working with uh, Ronnie Howard? Ronnie's terrific. He's. Uh, it's funny, he's, he's, he's the one guy I've met in the business who is exactly the way, you, you know, you see him on television. Really nice like man. The, except for the bondage, of course. No. <laughs> but, uh, no, I listen, I mean, it's no secret. Uh, it's been going on a long time. I mean, it all started on the Andy Griffith show. Uh, yeah, yeah. Aunt B, you know. Aunt B, yeah. All right, well. Now the, no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. National Enquirer, it's just a joke. The movie, the movie is... Uh, he, what a great guy, right? I mean, he seems like a fun guy, and he was a really good actor. But um, the best part is, is that they actually have the uh, clip of this horrible Tawny Welch just hating every minute of being in this unbelievable movie. This is Raquel Welch's daughter, if you remember. Never to be heard from again after Cocoon 2. Why are you even doing the sequel if you're so angry? 
But on the flip side, you know, at least I, I don't think she gave a shit. I, I think she was working in like Europe or something and stuff. So, I mean, at least she she really did get out of the business. But what a what an ungrateful twat. Kind of like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, um, tell me about your movie, Cocoon. This is a big deal for you, isn't it? Uh. <laughs> this is a major motion picture. It, it opens tomorrow. Directed by uh, Ron Howard. Yeah. And uh, a cast full of uh, who? Who else is in the show? The movie. Oh, Wilfred Brimley, Jack Guilford, uh, Marine Stapleton, Donna Michi. So these are uh, big names. Hume Klein, Jessica Tan. Yeah, seasoned veterans of the silver screen. Is this your first film? No. Yeah. Is your first major film? No. <laughs> no, no. But it's a really small little part. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, a lot of people are making a big do over it, you know, but it's small. I mean, it's... Yeah, who's, who's making a big deal out of it? Well, you know... The studios, of course. Yeah. And what what does that mean to you? Do they, how, explain to me how that works. What does that mean? They're making a big deal out of it. Well, they, you know, they want me to do a lot of things for the film, which is understandable, but... To promote had, the movie. Yeah. So it'll be a big success. What did it cost yeah. to make? 18, 18 million? 20 million? 15 million? A lot of money. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so they want you to go out and promote it. Now, what kind yeah. of things do they want you to do? Well, you know, make the rounds, you know, do yeah. the, all the talk shows and... and yeah. Were you on the Today Show? Did you do the Today Show? No. Did they want you to be on the Today Show? Yes. Uh, Good Morning America? They Well, they wanted me to do that, too. Then did you do that one? No. Yeah. <laughs> um, Merv Griffin? Yeah, they wanted that, too. And did you do that one? No. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the Tonight Show? Sure, they wanted you to be on The Tonight Show? Yeah. Then, are you going to do that? No. <laughs> okay, now, why won't you do this? Well, you know, I just didn't want to be all over the place. You know, I, I did a small part. It's not any big deal. It's not like, you know, I've been dipped in gold and, oh, my God, you yeah. know, it's a big thing. Yeah. It's just a little part. It's, you know, it's just, it's, it's just a movie. Have you seen the movie? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> No, wait, I, we'll give you a chance to explain that uh, reaction. We, we have to do a commercial, and then we'll come right back. Uh, is that all right? Yeah. Sure, sorry. We'll, we'll be right uh, back. Okay, now the movie is Cocoon. You went to see it, and uh, you liked it. You didn't like it. What do you think? Is it okay? <clears throat> What's it about? People from outer space come to help old folks. Oh, I, I can't... Ex I, I have such a hard time explaining what this thing is about. I mean, it... People like it. A lot of people on our staff went to see it, and they all liked it. They all thought it was a fine Yeah, film. a lot of people like it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, a lot of yeah. people... When I saw it... It's just hard for me to be a little objective, so, I mean, I just Were you pleased to get, with your work? Well, I wanted to get a can of kerosene and matches and light the baby on fire. <laughs> I didn't like it. So that's, that's not a positive notice, then, is it? <laughs> uh, me, I'm probably being too hard on yourself. Do you, are, do you tend to be that way? Do you tend to be overcritical about your work? No, I, I thought, uh, no, I mean, I'm, I'm looking for it to be good. I'd hope yeah. it would be good. So, you know, it's too bad I don't like it. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's too bad. Uh, uh, is it all if I mention who your mother is? I mean, does that bother you to talk about your mom? Uh, no. Your mother is Raquel Welch? Yeah. Who I have a, a, my own personal bone to pick with this woman. Oh. Uh, she, one, one, uh, yeah. one time, not too, about a year ago, she was right across the hallway there. She was on Live at Five. And I walked over, and I was uh, excited about meeting her. 
and I introduced myself to her, and I was in the company of uh, uh, staff members, so it was on the up and up. And I said, how do you do? On the up and yeah. up. I said, I said I'm, uh, I'm David Letterman, and I do this little show across the hall, so on and so forth. We'd like to be there. And she said, oh, I, of course, I'd love to be on your show. Well. Uh-huh. It never did. Well, you know. So now she liked that? What do you mean, is she like that? Is she like what? Well, she, would she tell you that you're going to be on, that she's going to be on the show and then not show? Or should I continue to hope that she's going to show? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know what... I'm here. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. And we're... Oh, isn't that amazing? I mean, you know what? I'm telling you, as, as horrible as she is, as a guest where Letterman's got to pull teeth, she's also extremely maybe the most interesting guest of all time because she's completely honest and you may never you're never going to see this again where she's just like yeah i don't like the film so what do you want me to say you know it stinks i don't like it i don't like my part in it i don't like the film i mean as much as a you know uh entitled little bitch that she is you, you have to respect it and then she really just left film. I, it wasn't from a lack of being disliked. I think she really just gave up. And, you know, I did some research. She just doesn't come around anymore. You know, I mean, it's uh, it's very impressive in a way, but it's so annoying, too. But, again, you just – you never – and let and then Letterman just going off like, I don't care for your mother. You know, I got a bone to pick with her. She's never going to say on the show. I mean – that's what made Letterman so great. He would say those kind of things. You're not going to see Jimmy Fallon or that idiot Jimmy Kimmel or anybody say anything like that. They're just not going to talk like that. And that's that's why I should be doing a show because I'll put it all out there. Sure, I'm two-faced at times, but then I'm the other way too. We need people like that again. We need something interesting. Somebody who's going to say, well, that's why Howard's so great because he'll still tell it like it is sometimes. He's exactly the way he should be at this point. He's a little kid's ass at sometimes when he needs to. And then if he's not into somebody, he'll say it, which is great. And he'll try and get the best out of a guest. I mean, this interview fascinated me, which is why, again, I was just looking all this stuff up late at night last night. Didn't get any sleep because I was, like, excited to share it with you because it's so ridiculous. You're not going to see the likes of it ever again. Which is my chair. I know I got to get a new chair. It just keeps, you know, falling down. It's not made for people over uh, 200 pounds, apparently. <laughs> Um, so I've been watching, as you know, we talked about it last week or two weeks ago, this uh, classic album show, which is on like Ac- Access TV or something. So I tape every episode now uh, just in case it's one of the albums I want to see. Like um, two days ago, I watched The Making of Rio, Duran Duran. It's fantastic. And I told you about the Steely Dan one. And, uh, the, on, and then I also saw the Beach Boys one which was uh, uh, for Pet Sounds, which was fascinating. And on that uh, episode, they had an interview, and I had no idea, this guy, Don Randy. And I don't know if you remember, you know, me talking about this, uh, I guess when I went to L.A. last April, or was it two Aprils ago? I dated his daughter, Leah Randy. Uh, I don't know if you remember, I guess I can say this. I mean, I just, uh, you know, we still keep in touch, but I, I think I told you this, that, you know, we were, I had just seen her and she had, she wouldn't care. And she had 
mentioned we I her her father is a living legend in the music business. I didn't know. She told me about him a hundred times. I still didn't know who he was. I just didn't know. I just didn't know anything. And um, like I remember one time, and I've said this on the podcast before, we were in a band together, me and her. We were doing a play, and and I know it sounds ridiculous, right? Uh, and she was. We were trying to get studio time, and she called up this place in L.A. And she goes, "Yeah, the name's Leah Randy," and she and you just hear her on the other phone. And she goes, "Yeah, yeah, that's my dad." And I was like, "Well, how does everybody know who your dad is?" Apparently, he was part of the Wrecking Crew. So I'm sorry, I didn't realize. Uh, but the best is, so he owns this place called the baked potato out in studio city in LA and she was playing there one night. So I bought my friend Sharon Houston that we were talking about last week. Cause she looks like that, uh, girl from family matters, connecting everything together to the baked potato to see Leah play. She plays the bass. She's way cool and still really pretty. And, uh, she, you know, I hadn't seen her in a long time and she goes, Hey, you know, she goes, great. She goes, Hey, do you remember that weekend? We just, fu- no, no, that week. I came to New York and we just fucked in your apartment the whole time. And I was like, what? You know, because I am a nerd. And I'm like, uh, I'm not expecting anybody to ever say that. And I have no comeback for that. And then immediately she just, it was just, I guess, an accident. She don't care. And she's just like, oh, and by the way, this is my father. I'd like to introduce him to him. Like after she said that, it caught me off guard. And I just met Don Randy for the first time. And I'm like, ah, uh, that really. You want to take me off guard, just talk like that. It, it'll throw me off every time. I am never going to be cool. I'm not going to be like, yeah, baby, I certainly remember that. That's unbelievable. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was a great week. I can't believe I forgot about it. I was till now. And you meant, I would just, uh. <laughs> I mean, it was so hot. And they're like, and this is my dad. It, it was really right out of a sitcom or a movie. Meanwhile, I meet this guy for the first time. I'm watching this pet sounds beach boys thing and they showed that i'm like God, Randy, it sounds familiar and then i realized it's this guy he's part of the record they have footage of him from the 60s recording pet sounds there's actually audio tapes of the recording of pet sounds and god only knows and he does he is this is his part That is Don Randy on the piano. Dun, 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 dun. I may not always love you, but long as there are stars above And he's talking, and he's like, hey, what if I do a more of a staccato pick? Like, and, and, you know, Brian Wilson was like a, you know, uh, a dictator when it came to He goes, yeah, that's a good idea, Don. Let's do what Don says, everybody. I mean, it's a miracle. I mean, this guy used to play with everybody. I mean, Leah told me about this a long time ago, but I guess until I saw it, I, I didn't I didn't think anything of it. He's like playing on this, I don't know, would you say it's one of the top five songs ever written in the history of time? You, you never need to doubt it. I think so, right? Off maybe the number two album of all time. If not, I don't know if you consider Sgt. Pepper being number one, then this would be number two, maybe? I, it, it, well, it's definitely one of the top five albums of all time on anybody's list. And of course, this song is at the end of uh, Love, actually. So. So what good would God only knows what I'd be without you. 
it's fascinating that that's the that I met the guy playing on that record. I mean, that's that's unbelievable. He's you know eighty something, and uh, well, I couldn't believe it. I could, and I texted her, and I'm like, I, I didn't know your dad played on God Only Knows. You you didn't know that? I think if you had known, you would have fell for me more. And I'm like, wow, she she really likes me. <laughs> I don't know. Why I'm surprised. I because she's so cool. She's like a kick ass bass playing girl. You know, with like um. Rasta hair, you know. Um, I don't know. <laughs> it's fascinating, but I'm like, gee, I kind of fell for her anyway, so I'm not exactly sure what we're talking about here. But um, she's really nice and, you know, comes from a good family and a rock and roll family, which is almost unheard of. But uh, yeah, that baked potato, really cool place. And they also make delicious baked potatoes. There's definitely a, a podcast where I talk about how amazing those baked potatoes were, but I was afraid to eat one in front of her. You know, I didn't want to eat in front of people, you know, meanwhile, stuff my face, you know, I wish I could have that baked potato to go. It's a huge baked potato. And they just have lots of toppings. Got to try it again another time. Maybe when she's not there and I'll sneak in and just see the show and she'll be like, yeah, can I get a couple of baked potatoes? Oh, what are you doing here? I can't believe, I can't believe. So they, you know, it's funny that uh, they were talking about Pet Sounds and they're talking about how, you know, it came out and the, everybody knew this record was great, except for the record company. Fascinating, uh, you know, classic album, uh, documentary and the apparently the the record company didn't think it was good and they're like no we don't have any hits so in so they put this out it didn't do well the album did not do well and instead the record company put out a greatest hits album instead and just pretty much had no idea what they had it boy doesn't that make you angry you think about people like prince and george michael and they just how record companies just diffused artistry so many times and what things could have been if record companies weren't involved and now i guess maybe they're not as much because you can do whatever you want so but now there's really not a lot of great artistry anymore i mean you know most of the songs are just electronic but i mean this is you know really uh you know somebody like brian wilson where it just comes from out of nowhere we're truly god a god-given talent to put a record like that together. Meanwhile, one of the guys in the band, I don't know, the the gay guy, went to London, took a couple of copies with him and played it for John Lennon and Paul McCartney in a hotel room and they asked him, oh, can you play it again? We were like, just sit there and listening to it. I mean, can you imagine? Now that's, that's a good time. And they loved it. And then, uh, <sighs> what'd they do? That, what, what, I, what, me and Chris Murphy were talking about the other day. What did Sergeant Pepper came after it or before no, I think it came after, right? Because then, you know, I think Brian Wilson was like, well, I can't top these guys. And then it was just all downhill from there, you know. What are you going to do, Sergeant Pepper? And then I found out that the reason why Penny Lane and Strawberry Fields weren't on that album, and George Martin talks about how it's his, because, boy, I really, I was trying to get a copy of an album like where they just put it on. I need those two songs on a good copy of, Penny Lane, I mean, obviously you can probably get it on Spotify or something now, but I want an album with those songs on it or a CD with them and figure out where they would go in the mix. It's still, that for some reason, that's going to bother me too. And there was, again, the record company demanded that. I mean, can you imagine these record companies? They, they ruined so much artistry over the years. It's good that we were able to just kind of make our own mixes at this point now. We don't have to worry about the stupid record companies. And those record companies, 
put themselves right out of business by being greedy, and that's why uh, there are places like Spotify and everything. They ran themselves right out of the business, so they got what they deserved. But um, anyway, uh, so right, I've been watching these uh, uh, documentaries and stuff, and what was the point? Okay, so all right, what did I have to say about all this stuff? What was it about? Uh, oh, right. It was about Don. <laughs> right. I was thinking it. All right. So this is so stupid, right? So I'm thinking about Don Randy, right? And uh, apparently he used to play. Uh, he worked with Nancy Sinatra on every album she ever made. And um, all I was thinking about, the only thing I know about Nancy Sinatra besides these boots are made for walking is the greatest, uh, you know, you only live twice theme, which I like. But this isn't uh, her version. This is a, a different version. See if you can guess the people that are playing this version, what song they're actually known for. This will be fun. Little game we're going to play. It's going to be almost impossible to guess unless you recognize the guy's voice or the. It's a pretty good version, but um, are you ready for this? The the people that made that song, I guess about maybe a year later, a year later, made this one. <laughs> Go figure. That hilarious had to share it. sometimes i feel i've got to run away i've got to get away from the pain you drive into the heart of me the love we share seems to go Never know what the lyrics. Get away. You don't really want Everybody loves this song. The odds these pretty sure gay guys are going to just do a version of You Only Live Twice. Probably because Nancy Sinatra. Oh, wait, love Nancy. I think one of them's gay, at least. I mean, if you see them live, uh, <laughs> they're not. A, 
Although in the 80s, it was impossible to tell. I want to turn it off, but I can't. Everybody loves this song. It's fun, right? I'm stupid, but it's kind of cool. Yeah, I thought you'd like that little uh, little uh, virus uh, nonsense fun that uh, you're not going to get on any other podcast. I promise you that. I promise you that. So. So, you know, as you know, we were talking a little bit about this last week. Uh, we were talking about the Doobie Brothers, and we were talking about, because the Doobie Brothers were going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame in May, but now I don't know what's happening. But I never cared for the Doobie Brothers that much. They don't make any difference. But I did like Michael McDonald. But I'm always fascinated by, you know, bands that kind of got it when a guy who's talented just comes over and they and they make a difference, you know, like a ridiculous difference, you know. Like I'm saying, when um, when the Doobie Brothers are known for songs that I just don't, you know, give a crap about. I just don't care. This isn't my cup of tea, you know. Just never was. Like it was rather depressing. I mean, they certainly have a lot of hits, but they're known for this kind of, uh, you know, motorcycle Harley Davidson guy rock, you know? Just didn't work for me. I, you know, I like sissy music. just not for me right so i mean if when they're known for that kind of stuff and i was just the hits you know they much have like more just more like country rock to me I, I i don't know you know guys with beards and stuff like that so i never really cared but then when you bring in a guy like michael mcdonald and you really just you know all of a sudden go to like smooth jazz music but most of the guys in the band are smart enough a lot of them left but you know the the ones that stayed and the you know the head guys were smart enough to realize hey we found our sting you know or something like you know we talked about last week where Stuart copeland's not smart enough to realize i should just sit back and relax and let this guy do what he does because boy what a fun you know once in a lifetime you find a guy like sting who's just gonna you know make you famous you know you just get lucky once in a while and you know you find a guy and uh you know you're already an established band you got your own tune but you let this guy do what he does because um you know, he's the, he's just, he, he just, I don't know. He just, he's like, well, we'll take a different direction, but we'd like to have a hit album. Let alone his voice is ridiculous. I mean, those guys are just like sitting back and they're like, yeah. So I can sing a couple songs, but then we'll have these hits. Yeah. Okay, great. Thanks. I prefer this kind of stuff. Especially, you know, from the What's Happening episode. Duh. 
Which doobie you be? <laughs> what? They found like a combination which kind of, uh, again, kind of like, you know, still includes their old ways, but really fuses it with... uh, you know, a new way as well, just to... Oh. Classic. Electronics, which, you know, they just weren't known for. Why not? sound like sounds a lot like steely dan like we were talking about last week right so i didn't even realize i don't know why i don't remember but i you know michael mcdonald used to do backups for steely dan i i don't know why i didn't know it makes so much sense he used to play with them he was like a studio musician with them it makes so much sense that he got all the you know that they would work together. And this is the, the part of the documentary where they're talking about it. I didn't even know this was his, I, this guy was everywhere, obviously, as we'll see later, you know, singing a line like half it, as much as you'd think, oh, you know, how many different ways can you say it in that phrasing rhythmically? And, you know, but it would be, it would come down to such fine points like, uh, pronunciation and, uh, exact rhythmic, you know, you know, we've been talking about peg, vibrato, no vibrato, Steely Dan, you know, and didn't like even that. realize Michael McDonald was so on it. It was always real challenging. He did a couple parts on, on top of himself. All in 3D. This is the actual Nightfly talking about it. Donald Fagan. Let's check his out his high part just to embarrass him. Cool. Back to you. Okay. Back to you. <laughs> Sorry, Mike. There it is. Totally ears too. All in 3D, foreign movie, Peg, back to you. Peg doesn't sound like much of a part, but the harmonies were so close that um, that was a, a real learning experience for me to sing a chord, you know, part by part with myself. That You know, when you're going back into to sing that next harmony, it's so close to the note you're singing. It, it was just uh, real hard for me to discern that interval and, and keep it in pitch you know we had a pretty specific idea about this uh how these background parts would work and the sort of swing i think that's fantastic i mean i just think that's completely fascinating you know hearing it without because i probably never even noticed it before that's how you know smooth it is and everything meanwhile this guy, uh, you know, Michael McDonald, he, you know, they, so half of the guys in the uh, band are angry. They don't like the direction. They're like, this stinks. So, you know, the stupid ones. And they leave before the Minute to Minute album comes by, comes out. They leave just before that album comes in. And they write, you know, the, the, the biggest, the number, the only number one hit I think they had, and the number one album and multi platinum and just, they left just before they really, really... 
This was the biggest charting album and song of they've ever had, the Doobies. Those people are idiots. I think they were let back in later, but still. Morons. You know, morons. You ever hear Plato and Socrates? Morons. She musters a smile for his nostalgic Meanwhile, Michael McDonald kind of ran himself out of the business. I'm playing all these things for a reason, too. <laughs> he ran himself out of the business because by playing for all these people, doing background vocals and writing songs for other people and stuff, the next album, they just took its toll like it just... They just I think they just broke up after this. They couldn't take the touring schedule and everything, and everybody was already doing... Michael McDonald. But the, the best, one of the reasons I think they really uh, was just over, you know, until, I mean, you know, Michael McDonald went solo and everything was fine. I was just talking about like the doobies and all this stuff and where he had a little, you know, pocket where things were bad was, of course, once SCTV made fun of him. Now, I've been talking about this sketch for years, I think, because this is the one that I remember the most out of any sctv sketch i've ever seen in my life and it is rick moranis playing michael mcdonald which i had no idea at the time maybe this is in 1981 okay so they have the thing called the jerry tajo and the thing about rick moranis is he built this sketch where he's in every part of it i always remember that because i was fascinated by it like he plays michael mcdonald he plays jerry todd he plays you know, he's in the commercials. He does all the singing. It was clearly his sketch. And the other people are just, you know, Eugene Levy and John Candy are just actors in it. And he plays this guy, Jerry Todd, if you don't know, who is like a, a video guy. And it talks like this. So of course, I like it anyway, because probably doing Jerry Todd when I open my show all the time. And he's a vi- and he's using the uh, I'm doing the most like the video machine that you use for directing a TV show with these knobs and buttons and stuff. And he has this show and it's really you know, good idea. It's surprising. Actually, nobody ever did it for real. But he opens with this character named Tom Monroe who does these songs. But Tom Monroe is also a fake character that Rick Moranis made up that's supposed to be like, you know, a 50s or 60s singer singing modern songs because he was making music videos before MTV. He probably didn't even realize he was doing it, but he made music videos to these little things uh, before MTV. So this is Merck Moranis singing as this character, Tom Monroe. This is how the... But you can hear it's uh, Michael McDonald influenced clearly, which makes it really funny. When you're alone and life is making you lonely. But it's amazing because, you know, they're, they're, premise, they're prefacing... What this entire sketch of the Jerry Todd show, which is about nine or ten minutes long, is going to be making fun of Michael McDonald. 
I mean, they're just going to call him out on backing up too many people and being oversaturated, and they open mocking him even though it's not supposed to be him. So you don't even know. When you're watching this as a kid, you're like, I don't understand what's going on. I recognize this song, but then they're doing Downtown, but they open with the Doobie Brothers song. You can always go downtown when you've got that worries all the noise and the hurry seems to help i know downtown just listen to the music of the traffic in the city to the sidewalk there's the, the michael mcdonald background vocals but they don't show him doing it they're just yeah, just a regular so maybe <laughs> there we can forget all our troubles forget all our cares and go set up that's video from tom monroe and his tribute to life in the big city downtown's the place to be from tom's disc entitled tom monroe sings petula clark little help from mike mcdonald and the doobies on that one on the jerry todd show nice to be with you whoops we got the wrong super up there he's got the super it keeps saying sale ends this friday he's he's his board isn't working properly today which is another you know thing they just uh a great little crutch, you know, in this sketch that just the board's not working properly today. <laughs> Let's try that. On the Jerry Todd Show, there we are. Good morning in the wee small ones of a Saturday morning. We've got some fine video for you and a little chat and hopefully lots of fun. And we'll have some more video for you. But first, let's pay some of those bills. Crazy eyes, funny. So then they cut to a commercial. It's uh, Eugene Levy and Rick Moranis in the background. They're Hasidic rabbis, or rabbis. They're Hasid selling electronic equipment, crazy highs. 650 Lansdowne, complete facilities for your own TV studio. Drywall bricks, one inch, half inch, <laughs> two inch, all discount prices. Special this week, half inch porta pack. Look at that picture, it pans, zooms, even focuses, make your own shows and make for TV movies. And today, only the first 10 people's of crazy eyes gets a hat. Only $5.95, what a deal. No better prices in video discount anywhere. Come out and see. That's crazy eyes, $46.50, Lansdowne, nip paid. I watched the Jerry Todd show. Jerry Todd. When they're singing the Jerry Todd, it's it's... It's all the people. That's the best part. It's Rick Moranis, John Candy, Eugene Levy, Andrea Martin, Joe Flaherty, and Dave Thomas. They're all like little floating heads, and they sing the Jerry Todd theme. How are you anyway? Jerry Todd with you. Glad you're along for the ride. Maybe you're at home this morning or at work or just around about anywhere enjoying the fine video. Meantime, let's look after some business. We provide this as kind of a public service of the Jerry Todd Show. It's from the community chest, and it's a lost dog announcement. If you're in the vicinity of Ellesmere and Morningside, be on the lookout for a little lost doggy. What say we go down there now and see if we can find them? 
going to skip over this part. We found the little fellow there. We'll keep on trying later on. If you're in the vicinity, meantime, keep your eyes open for the little doggy, and we'll see what we can do. Meantime, on the Jerry Todd Show, whoops, that's the second time we've done that this morning. On the Jerry Todd Show, nice to be with you. Let's see if we can get a different color on that this morning. Oh, he switches the color on the uh, the thing that says the Jerry Todd Show in front of him. It's really funny. Problems this morning. Let's fix that up and try it again. See if we can get a nicer shade on this super. These are called supers, you see, because they're in front of the picture. Let's see what we can come up with here. That's kind of nice. I like that. On the Jerry Todd Show, nice to be with you. So and let's go to some more video now from one of the supergroups of the 1970s. So proud to have them on the Jerry Todd Show with one of their greats. What can we say? Here's some video from Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. <laughs> So it's it's uh, Eugene Levy, Dave Thomas, and Rick Moranis, and they're all playing guitars. Of course, the gag is it's Bing Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young, and it's Joe Flaherty doing Bing Crosby while they do the do do It's a great mix mashup. And then they, you know, so the gag is over, and that's the beauty about SCTV. They know exactly how to get out of it so it doesn't run its course. And may all your Christmases be Sorry about that. We're having our problems this morning. That's kind of a locked groove or something. Some of the older video discs you'll find tend to wear a little thin as they get on in years. We'll take a stab at that one again, the Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young thing. In the meantime, let's pay some more of those bills. Yeah, this is, this is where I, I, I think I sing these as regular songs. This is from it's Carpets Galore, and they just use every – and it's all just – Rick Moran is singing as Michael McDonald. The Doobie Brothers for Carpets Galore. Listen to the Doobie Brothers. Carpets Galore now has four locations to serve you better. Carpets Galore, open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and all day Saturday and holidays too. And, and Labor Day, oh, that's a holiday. And the sale ends this Friday. You know, it's... Um I think there's not a day that goes by that I don't say, yeah, yeah, free installation, open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. I mean, I've, I think I've been doing that for 40 years, the singing that, like, when I when I do, if I'm doing a Michael McDonald imitation for no reason, even for myself, 
that's what I sing. The, the thing from SCTV. I didn't even know who the Doobie Brothers or Michael McDonald was when I saw this. And I thought it was the funniest thing I'd ever seen. And I didn't even know who they were. And then when I found out, you know, more, I, I realized even how more brilliant it was. I, I, I didn't even know the, the person involved. And I still thought it was the greatest thing I'd ever seen. Always watch the Jerry Todd show. Jerry Todd. <laughs> how are you? We're going to check traffic. Oh, skip that. Uh, and then I think it just ends. So where they go right to uh, the thing where I, I don't think I've ever laughed so hard in my life. It's unfortunate. It's more of a visual. Thing. Okay, thanks. We'll catch you a little later on. I wouldn't worry too much. I don't think the traffic is too bad out there. Anywho. Meantime, on the Jerry Todd show. On the Jerry Todd show. That's all the time we've got. I want to thank you for being with me this morning. Hope you've enjoyed the program. I know I have. Had lots of fun. Hope you have had too. Come back again. Join me for the Jerry Todd Show next time. Meantime, we've got more video for you. This time from the Grammy winner himself, Christopher Cross. And a song that I'm just crazy about. Wait till you see the video. It's called Ride Like the Wind. Thanks for being with us. Bye-bye. Take care. See you next time. So long. So, you know, I, 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 I mean, if, maybe if you've seen this before, it's amazing. It's Rick Moranis, but he's got the beard. It's, he's supposed to be Michael McDonald, which I didn't know. And he's driving in his car, and you don't know what's happening when you first see it. And he's running in to this building, and it turns out it's a studio just so he can get there in time for this part. And then they're like, oh, perfect. He takes off his headphones. He's like, woo, I can't believe I made it just in time and he's about to go out and talk to the board guys again but then they're like hey 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 gotta get back for this and then he's like (laughs) and then he comes out and he starts arguing about his contract while they're still playing (laughs) like he's like oh come on i don't know about this i mean again i didn't even know what they were doing i knew he was the background singer for this i didn't even know they were were supposed to be michael mcdonald i think if i had known that i would have even thought it was funnier then he runs back in again now he's just waiting for he's in there with it And the way he's singing into the mic, just covering his ears like, you know, like uh, Davy Jones, the Brady Bunch. And then they cut it, and he has this one line, because <laughs> he didn't know how to do the voice. Thanks a lot, man. I'll probably need you next week. I'll give you a call. Okay. See ya. <laughs> See, we know he doesn't talk like that, because we just heard him talk. <laughs> okay. See ya. <laughs> it's like me doing Rick Ocasek. It's <laughs> just a complete wrong thing. Oh, man. That, that. That was the funniest thing I had ever seen in my life. And anybody that knew that episode, you know, since they didn't have YouTube or anything back then, became my my friend. Because if you had the same sense of humor and everything. And remember, I didn't know who Michael McDonald was. And it was funny anyway. And then knowing what he was and knowing the, now knowing the, you know, just the skewering that they did. So I looked it up last night to see what Michael McDonald's thoughts were on it. And I found out that he 
he apparently, after a, a concert one night, I guess in 1981, was with his, uh, you know, one of the bandmates. And the bandmate had this weed that was not to be believed. And he's like, I got stuff that's going to fuck you up. It's, you know, it's called mind rape or whatever it was. And he got so fucked up, he had to go back to his room. He had to be alone and lie down. And that's when this was airing live on NBC, probably around one or two in the morning. Makes The timeline makes sense. And he saw this and he's so high. He's like, wait a minute. Is this, wait a minute. Are they making fun of me? Is this really happening? He thought he was really having this trippy experience because he didn't know anything about it. They didn't call him ahead of time. It was back when I don't think he needed to do any of that stuff. Meanwhile, they did all their, they played all their own music, and Rick Moranis sang all the songs, so they didn't really use anything except the Christopher Cross thing, really. But yeah, he thought he was having an out-of-body experience when he saw it, but uh, I think he likes it now. But then he was probably just like, hey. <laughs> uh, and matter of fact, I believe he said that Rick Moranis came to see him at a concert and apologized years later. And uh, he was like, you don't need to apologize. It was hilarious. I mean, I don't know whether, you know, he uh, apologized, you know, whether he years later thought it was funny or back then he thought it was funny. But again, he just had this so strange experience. And it's just... Uh, I mean, it's just, you know, and it just continued for decades later that people make fun of Michael McDonald. I mean, I saw Sarah do a karaoke of it in L.A. once with um, Jack Black backing her up, and I couldn't believe it. I was like, wait, you do a Michael McDonald? I do a Michael McDonald, but my Michael McDonald is just Rick Moranis doing Michael McDonald, and this is from Family Guy. All right, guys, it's going to be a long night of Border Patrol, so I brought along Michael McDonald to help us out. How's he going to help us? He's going to do backup vocals for everything we say. How's he going to know How's what we're saying? How's he going to know what we're saying? Is he going to do it for all yes, of us? Yes, he's going to do it for all of us. Yeah, I hired him for the night. Yeah, it costs like two fifty an hour, so don't skip on the conversation. Don't skip on the conversation. That sounds nice. Well, I guess everything's well, back to normal. Well, I guess everything's back to normal. Oh, man, not this guy oh, again. Oh, man, not this guy again. <laughs> Fart. <laughs> I mean, that was from 2010. So, I mean, just his, you know, legacy of just background vocals <laughs> just continues. It's a, It was amazing. Um, just one other thing on the uh, doobies. It's kind of funny. They... Um, once they they you know broke up and then they got back together like in 1989 or something you know they broke up after the minute by minute album i think and then they got back without michael mcdonald and i remember they made this song and i they went back to their old ways of doing music which is really fascinating again just being like no we have this name we have this band let's just you know, we can get back together do it and i'm like i don't want to see them without michael mcdonald but this song was really good this was the first song off uh, their album i don't remember what it was called but but this was they went back to their old roots it's not a bad song for 1989 it's called the doctor going all the way back
fascinating. Great comeback. You know, they're really like, you know, like, well, we can do it without Michael McDonald. I mean, really, uh, good rock and roll song. You know, again, I just didn't care for music in the 70s and that stuff. It always depressed me and everything. But that, you know, that was good making a comeback. I think it made a, made a little noise back in the late 80s, early 90s. And uh, now Michael McDonald's still with the band. I mean, I think they still tour. They get, you know, they got back together with them. They got, but they, everybody comes and goes in that band. But that's what a... You know, that's what a band like that is. They just use the name. And they have people coming back and forth. And I guess as long as, um, what was that guy, Simmons or something like that is in it or Michael McDonald, either or, it means they can do it. And it's not like Chicago where you have no idea who's in that band anymore. But but it is like Chicago in the sense that Chicago can just tour with whoever because they just have this, this, you know, bunch of songs that they can do forever, just like the Doobies. So, you know more of a brand than uh, anything else but uh, I mean do they deserve to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame it's unbelievable that they had to wait till 2020 to be in I mean really again that Rock and Roll Hall of Fame I almost hope they just don't have a thing and just stop Whitney Houston and the Doobie Brothers I mean stop it stop it just change the goddamn name already oh my god what the hell is the matter with you people it's so frustrating right it's not just me, right? I mean, everybody's annoyed by that. Or or is it actually just me? I don't know. Well, anyway, I don't know. I think that's uh, all we have for today. We talked for a while and because there's nothing else to do. And I don't know. What are we really doing? Uh, does anybody have anything going on? Anybody want to comment on anything? Send me something on Twitter or to DaveJustGowFans at gmail.com. And, you know, I'm not doing anything, so... And talk and just just uh, watch TV and play video games and I I mean is anybody being productive? Are we supposed to be productive? It's hard to be productive when you just don't know where the end is in sight. But I guess people are being productive. I'm not being productive at all. I'd like to be more productive. Maybe if I keep making this um, powerful coffee in the morning, I'll be a little bit more productive. Who knows? Who knows? But you know what I really need to do is. Uh, Put out turbocharge again, you know? Let everybody know, hey, it's out there. Hey, this is Jerry Todd Show coming out to Wait a minute. I'm canceling the song. I'm canceling the song. I know what one other thing I wanted to play for you before we leave. Let's do it. This I forgot to play this for you because this is hilarious. So the Rick Moranis thing from before, um, when he was playing the Tom Monroe character, you know, he would take these modern songs and uh, put them up. So uh, see if you can guess, and I remember laughing at this again. This is not. This is from a different episode. I guess he did the Jerry Todd show a couple times. This is, uh, he's playing that character again. See if you can guess what song this is. I've got your picture. I've got your picture. I'd like a million of you all around my cell. I know Mike Sauter knows what it is already because <laughs> he's just good. I want the doctor to take a picture so I can look at you from inside as well. You get me turning up and turning down. I'm turning in and turning round. Turning Japanese, turning Japanese. I really think so. 
man, that is so brilliant. Turning Japanese. Turning Japanese. Turning Japanese. I really think so. Rick Moranis was a genius just as much as anybody else. Turning Japanese. Turning Japanese. I really think so. Turning Japanese. Turning Japanese. Completely Japanese. Sorry, I couldn't help myself. Had to play that before we left because uh, it's just too goddamn funny. Now we can go back to where we were. Sorry about that. I, I, I needed to stop and start over because I had to play, finish the Tom Monroe back-to-back turning Japanese. My God, that's so funny. I mean, when you turn a song like that. I mean, I know people have done it before, but I don't know. You know, it's because it's 1981, too. It's just... And he was making a video of it before there was MTV. It was before August of 1981. It came out in, like, May or June. Fascinating. SCTV ahead of their time? Oh, yeah, I think so. I think everybody acknowledges it, too. I mean, Jesus Christ, Martin Scorsese just did something with SCTV. Did that come out? He had a reunion or something. I mean, when Scorsese gets involved, you know it's cool. So if he's going to do something with the Rolling Stones, the band... And SCTV, well, then SCTV is the shit, and everybody knows it. And if you saw the uh, final episode of uh, Shit's Creek as well, you know that Catherine O'Hara and Eugene Levy are also the shit. And uh, <laughs> the shit. Thank you. Uh, that was okay, the final uh, episode of the series. Anyway, uh, I hope everybody is doing okay. Uh, next week will be our last podcast of April. We'll just continue into whatever's going to happen. But right now, we are continuing to live in this ridiculous time. Again, please, commercials. If anybody's listening that makes commercials, just stop. Stop with your nonsense. And, so, and again, I say to Jan, we don't need Jan from Toyota telling us about uncertain times. Stop using that word. It's making me pit. If I'm watching Seinfeld at 11 o'clock, it means I don't want to see anything about the coronavirus. So I don't want any commercials. If I'm watching TV from the 90s, it means I don't want to know about the coronavirus. So stop your goddamn commercials and put it in just when you're watching the news, okay? Jerk-offs, right? Is everybody feeling the same way? I'm sure you are. I really want to call these ads out, too, because you know they're full of shit. They're just trying to sell products. Oh, we really care. But we also want to sell cars. Fuck you. Thank you. Anyway, I hope I really hope everybody just has such a great week and, uh, you know, that you're doing okay financially and, and everything else because uh, it's going to get – it's it's tough. You know, it's really tough because nobody – in these uncertain times, <laughs> fuck you. Anyway, I hope everybody just has such a great week. We talked for a while. And, um, you know, again, if you got anything to say, fans at gmail.com, write me and let me know, especially if you have any ideas of what I should do maybe with the seller people and we'll put something up and try and entertain people, right? So I'll see everybody next week on the Night Fly. Good night, everybody. 